What's going on? You in the field with the track stars, Ryan Wright, Shantana, DJ Jeremiah. We got Remy Adeleke in the building. Yes, got the pronunciation right. Yeah. How you doing, man? Doing great, brother. How about yourself? Good, good. It's good to have you in Atlanta. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So you you are a film guy. You're in the movie. So Atlanta's growing. So we're getting there. So hopefully one day you'll shoot Mm -hmm. something here. Yeah, man. And then we can come out and see you. Absolutely. I mean, throw you guys a gig. Yeah. Have you been to Pinewood Studios? No, I haven't. Okay. They did. Black Panther there, right? Yeah, they did Black Panther there. They did um, the Homecoming, uh, Superman Homecoming there. Yeah. A lot of stuff, yeah. The Avengers, Infinity War and all that. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yeah. yep. Um, so we have you in here. We want to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Um, you're an author. Yeah. Screenwriter. Yeah. Actor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Navy. Yeah. Ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. yeah. So, and you yeah. wrote a book called yeah. Transform. Tell us about that. Yeah, Transformed is uh, it's my journey story. It's my story of going from riches. My father was a multimillionaire okay. in Nigeria as well. He was Nigerian royalty. In, uh, in uh, Western culture, we refer to royalty as king, queen, prince, princess, Dutch, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In Nigerian culture, especially West African culture, royalty is referred to as chief yeah. and then your last name. So my last name, Ade Leke. Ade means crown. Leke means above. Wow. My full name is actually Ade Remy. So Ade means crown crown again remy means has appeased me and so my dad was part of uh his his father you know was a chief so it was passed down yeah. to him my father was the firstborn son to my grandfather because my grandfather had like nine wives yeah wow. um and so because of my dad's status and his education he was highly intelligent he engineered one of the first man-made islands in the world you know i was born wow. into wealth you know i was born wow. into prestige we didn't live in a house we lived on a compound we had cars we had manservants <laughs> we had drivers we had horses we i mean we traveled the world coming to america yes, so i was gonna say, I was gonna say you're, you're a lot of different characters you're yeah prince hakeem yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, a lot of. Yeah. And what, what tribe? Yoruba. Okay. Yoruba. Wow. And uh, as a matter of fact, my mom is American. So okay. I tell people all the time, my mom and dad's story is a real coming to America story. It is. My yeah. mom was this flight attendant, you know, in the eighties, in the eighties, New Yorker. You know what I mean? And and she's at a museum, and she meets my dad, and he's you know Nigerian, thick yeah. accent, and you know they fall in love and get five married five months later, and then she moves to Nigeria, and she's just she goes from being this. <laughs> so New did Yorker. you write that movie? Yeah. <laughs> and feel somebody like found out they and ripped stole y'all it. off. Yeah, yeah, they ripped yeah. Off. Same joy. My mom goes to Africa, and then she lives the, the life of royalty. But mm-hmm. uh. That's Awesome. But, you know, long story short, I go into great detail in the book, the Nigerian government, they strip our family of everything. Wow. Um, my dad's most valuable assets. In the midst of that, my father's battling the government. He dies. Oh, um, and then we go from rich having everything to poor, like not having a nickel to our name. And wow. I explain how that all happens in the book. And uh, my mom was just like, there's no way I'm raising my kids here in Africa. Yeah. And that's when she she permanently relocated us to New York City and I grew up in the Bronx. So all of that is really captured wow. in the book, you know, growing up in the Bronx, not having a father, you know, trying to find a father in hip-hop, hip-hop culture, street culture, yeah. you know, finding a father in that, getting involved in selling drugs and running scams and, you know, all of these illegal activities. And by the time I'm 19, I'm, I have this massive illegal enterprise where I'm bringing in thousands and thousands of dollars a week. I have wow. a crew worker for me. I got a record label that I'm funding with illegal, illegal drugs money and illegal mm. um scam money and i break down the whole scam in the whole book as well and uh yeah man so i talk about that how i got out of that which you know i got involved in the deal with a drug dealer that went bad almost 
he threatened my life and that's when mm-hmm. I was like I need to get out the game and then find my way into the Navy found my way which was that's a crazy story in and of itself because mm-hmm. I had warrants out for my arrest I had a war in Jersey war in New York my recruiter she, she she I mean I found favor with her and she she took me to both judges to get my record expunged and then she she fudged my paperwork snuck me into the Navy wow. so I mean wow. it's a crazy story got to Navy SEAL teams did my years in the SEAL teams got out and then you know Hollywood knocked on my door and said, you want a gig? And that's how I got into the industry. So that that whole story is really, it's expanded in the book. So we got, okay. It's crazy. You got Lucius Lyons in there too. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So, okay, there's so many. All right, let me, okay. I'm I'm a film person, so I'm going to start with that and go backwards. Um, How did you get into the film industry? How did you get connected? Yeah, I was actually, uh, I was actually in grad school, getting my master's in organizational strategy. And I'm writing papers in my computer and my phone rings. And it's this lady and uh, her her husband. They've worked with Michael Bay since The Rock in '96, mm. and uh, she got my number through our Navy SEAL network because her husband was a, a former Navy SEAL during Vietnam. And she just just like, hey, Michael Bay is looking for a former Navy SEAL who happens to be African American for a small like role for a day. Wow, are you available? And I was just like, looked at my schedule. And I was just like, I'm just writing papers at this point. I'm out the military, and. I was like, I'm free. She asked me to send her pictures. I sent her random pictures. Not headshots, just random pictures. And the next day, I'm on set. Um, wow. And that one day was turned into three weeks. And three weeks, at the end of the three weeks, Michael Bay's people, uh, production assistant approached me. It was just like, hey, Bay wants to upgrade you to a principal role. Can you stay on the film until we wrap? And then I ended up staying on the film for the whole six months. And wow. that's, how my, that's how my career in, in Hollywood started. Wow. wow. Yeah. Just, you know what it makes me think of is like the whole your gift will make room so like yeah, the, the, yeah. No, the skills that you developed absolutely I tell people all the time you know nothing is wasted you yeah. know nothing is wasted you know when I was when I was a SEAL you know I had to learn how to take direction I mean you have to be able to take direction you get when you're told be here at this time be there when you're told jump out of a plane jump out of a plane all of these things played into mm. you know me being on set and being able to take direction yeah. you know and then wow. also you know I was a public speaker so I would speak you know even when I was in the teams that's how I got into you know I would speak at churches and mm-hmm. youth events I was a youth pastor for a while and I hated being I didn't hate being a youth pastor but I don't even want to. I take. I, re, I totally that retract true. that because I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It was just frustrating at Got times because okay. they're kids, and you know they don't get it, and you want them to get it, and you you know what'll happen if they don't really get it. So, you know, I never really, I never was aggressive with them or anything like that. I just my heart would just be like, man, I want you to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing was like I, I got to put together a lot of talks, mm-hmm. and I got to figure out how do I reach them in a in a way that they could relate you know to what i'm trying to say and so all of those talking and putting together messages and memorizing that was one thing i learned is with kids you got you can't really speak and look down to the paper and then speak and then look down because you'll lose them yeah so i learned Mm -hmm. that you know you got to memorize your stuff so that you could just be engaged looking them in the eye because they really connect with that and so when i when i got on set and i'm giving lines or whatever and there's cameras around and there's all these people on set, it was just natural for me to to say whatever I needed to say or do it without stage fright because I yeah. had been on stage speaking. So it was like all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, SEAL team speaking, my background prepared me um, for something I never wanted to do, never expected to do. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. There's a lot of there's a lot that comes out of your story, and I guess yeah. starting with your childhood, yeah, sounds like you had a job experience, yeah, yeah, where everything was taken from you. Yep. 
how how did you respond to your relationship or even just your with relationship with family yeah. questioning a higher higher power when you go from having everything to having everything taken away well i was too young to fully understand the concept of what had happened so okay. i didn't really I didn't really realize it. And I think a big part of it was my mom. You okay. know, my mom, she, she's such a strong, amazing woman. You know, people ask me all the time, where do you get your perseverance, your resilience from? And I always say, you know, my mom, you know, I had a living example of it every day of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, when my dad died, I never forget it. She placed my brother on her right side, placed me on her left side. And she just said in such a calm, easy manner, your, your father has died and he's not coming back home. Mm-hmm. And she said it in such an easy way that me and my brother just looked at each other and we just like, Okay. And we went back to playing as if nothing happened, you know. And, you know, I think my mom, she did that in the way she did, not because she didn't care or she was callous. It was because she knew that if she was broken, breaking down and showing us that she was broken and a mess, then we would break down and it would just create this cycle. But my mom, she, it was as though the best analogy I could use is it was as though my mom created this movie set. And on the movie set, like everything seemed perfect. Like everything seemed like life was just going on as normal. But on the outside, everything was chaotic. Like she was struggling financially, like didn't know how to pay the bills. Like, and so, um, you know, she, you know, that's why I didn't really feel it wasn't until I was eight years old. Like I would never forget it. I tell the story in my book. I was eight. And I just remember, you know, at that point I had started to really see things and understand things more. And like, I would see my mom go to the rent office and ask for extra time to pay the bills so that they wouldn't kick us out. I was, you know, my, me and my brother would share clothes, have sneakers with holes in it. Um, there were times my mom didn't have enough food to feed herself. She had just mm. enough food to feed my brother and I. And so as I began, when I got eight, I began to really see all of these things, these patterns. And then I began, my, and my mom would always tell me all of these stories about my mm. dad. And he was still kind of fresh in my mind at the time. You know, that's when I broke down. And I was just like, man, like if my dad was here, we would have a better life. <laughs> we wouldn't have the life that I have. we have. And that's when the transition really hit me, three mm. years after my father died. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. So, okay, so from, from that um we saw how you got into the military what made you start writing uh well started man it started with me as a kid you know my mom she was a teacher in the south bronx and um and she knew the statistics as it related to minorities in the inner city in the public education system she knew that a lot of like the percentage i think even now don't quote me on this i think it's like only 20 percent of people minorities from the bronx go to graduate from college you know what i mean um and the statistics were were worse when i was a kid and Mm -hmm. the high school dropout rate was it was like 60 percent, 70 percent when i was coming up and my mom was just like i can't afford for these kids to be a statistic they need to be so i want them to be somebody in life so for punishment my mom would make my brother and i pick articles out the new york times and write a report Mm. on the articles because my mom was big in the writing. She ended up, you know, starting her own little creative writing business later in life, but she was big in the writing. Uh, and so we would do it, and I hated it. And, and if, the, if the report wasn't perfect, she would make us pick a new article and start all over again. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's how I got into writing. And then in the summer times, you know, my mom would take us to art gal- galleries and museums and really expose us to the arts and film, and she would try to save her money to, to take us to plays, or she would get, like, cheap tickets to take us to a play. And so we were exposed to the arts, and uh, and she would also make us do homework and writing and make us read James Baldwin and Langston Hughes and all of these, like, mm-hmm. prolific black writers and then write. So that's where my foundation as a writer started. And then fast forward to when I got to the SEAL teams, um, my job, there was, there's a job that not a lot of SEALs want. 
um, and it's, it's and I'm just to kind of keep it clean. It's an intelligence collection job. It's called Human. So Human stands for Human Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And um, when you go through after you graduate from Human Intelligence School, which consists of a lot of writing and a lot of you know, I was I lived in D.C. for a few months and went did a whole bunch of crazy stuff. But the one of the most important parts of that job is writing. Mm-hmm. Because you, every time you meet with somebody, whether it's an interrogation of a bad guy or whether it's, you know, an informant is what we call them here, everything has to be completely documented. I mean, perfect. It has to be documented in almost in a script type format mm-hmm. where when a person walks in a room, you need to describe what he looked like when he walked in the room. Copious like, notes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So somebody 10 years from now, whether they're in an agency, DIA or um, special forces could type in a name and if that person's name who I interview pops up they pull a report that was written 10 years er- earlier and they need to be able to read it as though it was written that day and feel like right? they could see it exactly. and feel it that, okay. so that's where I really learned to be a visual writer that's you wow. know, and really write in a way where you could read and, and mm. see what's going on that's dope um, so so that's yeah, that's where I kind of got my writing degree and, that, and it was a, it's a lot of writing because it's, it's, it's general's and people in top government positions who are reading these reports. So you can't just yeah. write, he said this, what, me, what. You need to write clear and concise, commas, periods. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so I take it that you edit your own books too. Uh, kind of, but not nah, not nah, yeah. a publisher hired an editor. But okay. honestly, there's a whole story to that because it's a whole mm-hmm. crazy story. <laughs> um, but they when they hired the editor, mm-hmm. um, they hired her with the pretense that she was going to have to rewrite a mm-hmm. book because yeah. they didn't have confidence in me as a writer yeah. and, it, and it's more it, the story goes back a little bit further I can share it if you guys want me to but when they hired her like she read the what I wrote the manuscript that I wrote and then we got on call and she was like Remy I'm going to tell you something when the publisher hired me they hired me to rewrite this book because really? they didn't think you were going to you know oh, wow. they didn't think that but she was like it's not much that needs to be done. Wow. She was like, this is, awesome. you had done a fantastic job of writing this book. Dope. And, um, like literally we took out one story. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted me to add in a story about my grandmother, but the more I tried it, we bought from a story art perspective, it just in the flow. It just kind of, it was like a blockage. So we yeah. ended yeah. up not keep putting it in. And then she had me add more context as to why I ended mm-hmm. up getting out the military and then it was just like minor edits here and there. Like what was supposed to be like four months of editing, I think ended up turning to like three three weeks to a month of editing. Wow, and, it was, and it was quick. Yeah. So, okay. So being a Christian in the business, yeah. um, I imagine you come, you know, you run into some some obstacles. We were talking a little bit earlier yeah. about, you know, some of our struggles in this industry or how, how to effectively be a Christian mm-hmm. in the industry without feeling like you're compromising. Yeah. Um, compromising two ways, compromising your faith, but also not compromising quality content. Yeah, right. Yeah. How do you balance that out in the world while you're writing these scripts and trying to get movies placed and all that? Um, man, I mean, the way I do it is I just tell story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you can never go wrong by telling a a, a, a authentic story. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so, man, I don't know if that's answering your question. No, I think but, I know what you're I mean, saying. You know, I just tell story, man. Yeah. Like, like. Like life, like we were talking about off air, life is rated R. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, and I, I feel like a lot of times Christians have this perspective of we need to protect God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, we can't tell a story and 
as raw of a way because that's going to be a blemish on like think about the passion of christ like we were talking about yeah like how many renditions of jesus's story have we seen yeah so many yeah and that surpasses in my opinion all of them yeah why because it was authentic it was raw it was truthful yeah it wasn't over the top it was what had happened Mm -hmm. you know with proper research and all the other it was what what happened Mm -hmm. and that's a powerful movie and so what i try to do is i try to tell stories you know in that way where it's not cheesy it's not Mm -hmm. christian it's not my it's not christian in a sense it's not these typical christian churchy films it's like there are these they are these because at the end of the day truth is truth right Mm -hmm. redemption is redemption right Mm -hmm. lying is lying stealing is stealing like whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian. Inspiration is inspiration. Motivation is motivation, whether you're a Christian or not. And so I, I feel like a lot of times with a lot of Christian prod- products, you, um, Christians feel like they need to put this label on there that says, because it's inspiration, it's it, it tied to this scripture or right. something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think that there's a way to really reach people and share Jesus in a powerful way that's palatable you know what I mean? Through film. Not, mm-hmm. I'm, not, 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 I'm not talking about preaching in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Preaching. Like, that's different. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm talking about telling a story, if that makes sense. No, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So, so what are your plans? Are you, are you trying to get movies made? Are you trying to, how far are you trying to take your writing? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I wrote my first film after I finished writing the book. And um, I sent it out to a bunch of people in the industry, like executives, people who I've had a relationship with. And across the board, it was just like, everybody was just like, wow, like, we can't believe you wrote this as your first script. Like, this is something that we see and we feel like is going to be made at some point. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting signed to a, a production company slash management company, not on a first look deal type, but as a representation. I'm glad I didn't do it as a first look deal because then... I would have locked myself up where I would have to just produce my stuff through them. Yeah. Um, and so now there are other studios and, and um, major production companies mm-hmm. that are interested in my content. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of it sourcing stories out of my book. Yeah. Because the way I tried to write my book, I was trying to write in a strategic way where I was building a world and not just, it's just my story. But if you read the book, you'll see that there is this African part of the book mm-hmm. with just the African side of the story of the book can be a tv show a movie right. it can be whatever yeah. and i intentionally did that and then there's the bronx part of the book and the bronx part of the book and the hustling and all that stuff could be a tv show movie whatever and then you have the navy seal and then you have the high yeah. so all of these so i tried to create this world and and have these characters which are real life people in the book so that you know i could set myself up for long for, for a long career mm-hmm. and so anyway all of these these studios and people are approaching me because they're reading the book and they just like they see the vision Mm. And so, and then on top of that, I've written scripts as well. So they see I have even more content. So where I'm at now is I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to find the right partnership. Okay. Because what I'm not looking for is I'm not looking for, I'm going to just do this one project with this, with this company. And then I want to find the right home to work with for a long period of time. You know what I mean? So So wait, real quick, you, you mentioned, um, you know, talking about the Africa part of your book and the the American part of your book. Would you ever write a story about the 
relations relationship between Africans and African Americans. I think there's a story to tell there because even Black Panther tried to touch on yeah, it a little bit yeah. about the differences of, you know, people who came over as slaves versus yeah. people who have been in Africa this yeah, whole yeah. time. Is there a story to tell there? You know what? It's interesting you bring that up because I actually in in, in a chapter in my book, I won't say which chapter in the book, I touch on that. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, okay. I, I, I touch on that. I touch on how when I went back to Africa years after my dad died, like years after being in America, and you know, I talk about how you know I always knew where I came from because I was born there. Yeah. Um. And 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 my name kind of told me who I was. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, over time, you kind of you lose that. You know, it's just like oh, like I was there, but I'm here now. I'm American. But when I went back to Africa and I saw these people you know, who look like me, who sound like me, who use their hands when they speak like me, or like I felt this connection and I talk up talk about kinda indirectly touch on the importance of African Americans going back to Africa to really see try to find out where they come from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see how, you know, all of us are one in this. So there's a way I articulate it, you know, um so you know, for those who read the book they'll 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 catch that. I think it's an interesting topic just because I know how my family is from Jamaica. So I know yeah. how there there's you know, we're all black, but yeah. it's, there's there's differences. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. some, there's some inner things that go on sometimes. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. that'll be super interesting. Yeah. So talk about um, Christians in Hollywood and yeah. the business aspect yeah. of it. What do you see that you like that you dislike about it? Yeah, you know, um, there are some Christians who are excellent at what they do. Okay. Like like Roma Downey and Mark Burnett. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, I mean, they put out products, you know, I mean, Survivor, yeah. you know, um, I think I, he did I an amazing race. I didn't even yeah. know. He did, I mean, they do big, big stuff. I mean, yeah. um, and then, you know, and then you have those other Christian mm-hmm. organizations and, you know, where it's just, I don't feel like it's done with excellence. Okay. You know what I mean? I understand I, you that. Know, and and um, I feel like, mm-hmm. again, a lot of, there are a lot of Christians who feel like they have to protect God, yeah, where they can't tell a story in an authentic way. Because if they tell it, and I and I know because I've talked to so many people, and they're like, "Well, the board, mm-hmm. the board yeah. is made up of all of these Christian people, and if we present a film or TV idea like this, yeah, they're all going to turn it down." Yeah. yeah, you know what? It, but you, I, yeah. I think you're right in a sense, but yeah. just from what I've heard, yeah, it's possible that it's because they know that they're going to lose money. So you say it may be because they're trying to protect God, but a yeah. lot of it is yeah. they have investors that yeah. want things a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. investors. And, yeah. and if they don't give them products that fit yeah. what the investors say, yeah. what they believe, their political yeah. view, exactly. all that kind of stuff, yeah. they'll get chopped. That's 100%. So 100%. it may not yeah. even be a yeah. good reason for it. It yeah. could be just, this yeah. is what I want to see, and yeah. if you don't do it, you're, you're not going to get here. funded for it. No, that's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. Is it more effective that we that we come to Hollywood and blend in? Right and share witness as it comes up, or is it more effective for us to do the films and the way that stand out? And yeah, be obvious. Right. I think. I mean, I, there's. I don't think there's a cookie cutter method. Okay. I, you know, you, I know the Holy Spirit is. He, he's like water, right? You know what I mean. Like he does what he does. I think everybody has a specific mission. Yeah. Um. Um. I just feel like. You know, I just want to be careful how I say certain things because Passion of Christ is kind of obvious in your face. It's about Jesus, yeah. Right? But, but it, the way they did it, it it's yeah. authentic. Yeah, okay, yeah, got you. right. Just, it's authentic. It's raw. But then there's the other side of it because you get some Christian films that Hollywood tries to do, yeah, like Gods and Kings, oh. yeah, or yeah, yeah. the Moses oh. movie, and yeah. it's just like 
Noah. You know? Yeah. Noah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I think that there's, like, for me, the way I've tried to operate in Hollywood is, as a Christian man, I've just tried to, one, most important, and this was something I learned. This is something that goes back to the SEAL teams. One thing I learned in the SEAL teams was if you're a Christian, you better be excellent at what you do. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you better be sharp on your gun. You better have your gear clean all the time. You better be one of the most fit dudes on the platoon. Not because you have to be, but because, like, that's the first way you bear witness. Mm. Right? You bear yeah. witness by your excellence. Because yeah. people are drawn to you like, man, like, this dude's great at what he does. And then some of them want to, man, what is it about you? Like, they ask those questions. Or they want to hang out with you. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to go to church. Oh, really? I'm going to come with you. Yeah. Right? Like, excellence does a lot. And I did, I did a post about that recently, how excellence is inspirational. Yeah, that, yeah. And so, you know, um, I feel like the first thing Christians need to do in Hollywood is whatever you do, do with excellence and integrity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because I say this, I meet, I work with a lot of Christians, not just in Hollywood and, biz- and business in general, who are... They just have this idea of I'm just gonna pray and let God work it out. Mm. It fire it, it it fires me up. Like <laughs> I get so hot yeah. because it's like God partners with us. You know, yeah. story of Moses when he was on the top of the mountain and the Israelites were down in the valley fighting the Malachites, and God said to Moses, "As long as you're holding the staff of God up, Israelites are gonna win. As soon as you drop it, Israelites are gonna lose." And just as God said, when Moses had the staff held up. Israelites were winning when they when he dropped it. Israelites were losing. Finally, his arms got tired. His his brother and sister came up there and helped prop his arms up so they could win the battle. What is God trying to illustrate through that story? I partner, I partner with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's not I'm just gonna pray as a Christian man. I'm gonna just pray. God work it out. God work it out. And I'm not gonna go show up and do the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I see that a lot. I mm-hmm. see I see a lot of organizations that don't hire for qualification. They hire for faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that so much. And I'm just like people who are not qualified to do the job. But the only reason why they have the job is because they were Christians. And we have this certain this certain um, uh, standard that we have to uphold in order to work for this job, which to me is crazy. You know what I mean? And so one, do things with excellence Two, do the work like Mm -hmm. that's the that's another way, which is kind of tied to it, to excellence. But do the work. And I think people will see that. And, like, I get questions from people. Man, I get hit up from people all over the country. Majority of people who hit me up on social media are not Christians. Mm-hmm. I get hit up by atheists. And I got friends who are who don't want to have nothing to do with God. Like, I got people in Hollywood telling me, man, I don't want to have nothing to do with God, but I like hanging with you, man. It's just you got this aura about you and this and that and that and this. And, you know, I feel like God, he gives me the opportunity sometimes. Yeah. To be like, when when they ask, Remy, what what is it? Man, it's Jesus, man. Like. That's my thing. That's my go-to. Oh, I want to know more. So I think that's where a lot of my witness has been. Yeah, you know if that makes sense. No, that's good, it man. Does. That's man, good. tell them, tell them about your book one more time. Say yeah. it again. Uh, the name of the book is Transformed. Um, that's the title. Subtitle is A Navy Seal's Unlikely Journey from the Throne of Africa to the Streets of the Bronx, Defying All Odds. That's a, that's a Amazing. super super awesome. I, yeah. I see a I see a what well, was coming to America rated R already. No, I see a, I see a, I see a, a, a rated R violent version of that. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got to tell that story. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So tell them how to reach you online yeah you can reach me on uh, instagram facebook twitter um at remy r-e-m-i and then adeleke a-d-e-l-e-k-e dope dope all yeah, right man let's get you out of here back to california yeah, you man. in the field with the track stars ryan right to shantana dj jeremiah let's go